we know how we are. Sometimes we're not very lovely or lovable, but that's your nature. It's what you do because it's who you are. You love us anyway. Lord, I thank you that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that you have demonstrated your love for us and that while we were still stanky and nasty, Christ died for us. You don't just say it, you show it. We thank you for our God is love. We love you too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm telling you something. The community, uh, you, you spend a night in prayer and praise and worship, proclamation of God's word, the truth of his scripture. You spend a, a night of that and God says, oh, I'll be doing something. <laughs> I'm going to do something. He, he does not look at that and say, huh, no, he's going to do something. And so, uh, and, and there's immediate change, but there's also, you need to understand this, there's a change at the roots. And when the roots change, the change comes over seasons and years and ages. And isn't that good? So speaking of roots and, and, uh, and things like this, there are, there are trees that you might notice. And if you hadn't noticed before you came, you'll notice it after you leave. There'll be trees along, you'll see them along the highway and in the, in the woods, that those trees are now sprouting leaves all over the trunk, all over the limbs. They're sprouting leaves everywhere. Y'all seen that? Okay. That's not good. That's not good. That's not a good thing. And, and, if, and if nothing changes, that tree will die. And so what's going on there, as I, I looked into that, that is a tree under stress. And if there's, there's injuries, the tree is, is in, in life-saving mode and it's trying to produce more branches in order to try and save itself. And if it's, if it's happening at the trunk, at the base of the trunk, you know there's issues at the root. And so you, you need to, when you see that, you, now you'll know. It's like, oh, there's, there's something wrong with that tree. Well, we're obviously in a drought and, and this is nothing new to us. Uh, that was a few years back. I live in the middle of the woods and there was a few years back where we had five years in a five-year span we had three years of severe drought we lost like a third of our trees that where i live and you'll start to see this happening but i just want you to know it's an unhealthy thing when we go to covering ourselves with lots of leaves i want you to turn with me to genesis chapter three in genesis chapter three uh, i believe there's just some spiritual significance to this uh, this business of uh, of of, of getting real leafy, <laughs> of getting real leafy. Oh, we, we as Christians, man, we can put on a pretty good covering, but it's not always healthy. And so in Genesis chapter three, we have Adam and Eve, and, and you know the story, Adam and Eve there in the Garden of Eden, and God says, you can have anything in this garden except for don't be eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And of course, as we do, when we're told, don't, eat, don't, don't touch that, don't eat that, don't go there, that's where we want. And so we, we see that Adam and Eve, are, uh, they, they enticed, by, enticed by Satan. Eve takes of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, and, and then we have what's called as the fall. They rebel against God, they sin. And when that happens, a curse comes upon the land, curse comes upon themselves. 
But what happens in verse 7 is this. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked. Now, I believe that they were covered in the Shekinah glory of God before they sinned. And, and just like when Moses would spend time in the presence of the Lord, he'd come down just shining. And just shining. I just believe they were just covered with God's glory over their life. And, and just spending daily time in the presence of God, his glory got on them. Amen. It does too. And when you spend time with the Lord, his shine gets on you. Amen. And so, so they, were, they were, I believe, just covered in his glory. But when they, when they fail, when they failed, they lost that glory. But also they recognize we're, we're naked. We're, we're uncovered. And so they, they realized that they were naked. And so it says they knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Sewed fig leaves to, together and made themselves covering. And I believe there's some very great significance to this covering ourselves with leaves. And just as you see those trees going down the highway that are just trying to, they're, they're just in survival mode. And they're just throwing leaves out everywhere because they're trying to produce more branches. And something's wrong somewhere. We as Christians will do the exact same thing. Man, we'll put on a pretty good covering. Man, we can put on some leaves. But God didn't call us to produce leaves. He called us to produce fruit. Amen. I want you to turn with me to John chapter 15. Jesus says, I am the true vine. Verse 1. John chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. And I need us to understand that when he's speaking of the vine dresser, he says he's the father. Now he's Jesus' father, and yet now, because I have called upon the name of the Lord, he's my father. And the vine dresser is not some hired hand that wants to come with a machete and just go to hacking at my branches, but he is a, he's a father. So he comes with care. He comes with, with tenderness, and, and he cuts away those things out of my life that are, are, are just sucking life from me. Amen. John 15, verse 1, I'm the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes now, y'all with me? That it may bear, what? More fruit. More fruit. And so if you are a child of God, and, and, and here's how, you, this, this is how that happens. Every one of us is born with a sinful and rebellious nature. We, we want to do our thing and our timing and our way, but God says, I got a better way. But in that rebellious nature, we turn against God, and, and that's known as sin. And, and we're born with that nature in which, and I always tell people, you're, you're born with that sin nature. And they say, oh, little kids got sin nature? Absolutely. You take three little children, put them in a the floor together, and put one toy in between them, and watch the sin nature take over. It's a selfishness. It's a, I want it. Mine. Me. And that's, that's that nature that we have. And, and that, is a, a, that is a rebellion against the holy God. But the instant that we recognize that, that we have separated ourselves from a righteous God, that, and we turn to him because we recognize that Jesus Christ took our sin to the cross, and all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? So in John chapter 1, it says, He came to his own, and his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them he gave the right to be called children of God. And so you can be a child of God. And if you don't know him today, don't leave here in that condition. Don't leave here not knowing him. And so back to this business of the vine and the branches, I want to I point out a little bit of how this works. And we're not in a land of, of vineyards, but we're starting to see quite a few of them pop up. And, uh, and, and we've got one right, right down the road from my house. 
And uh, I went and visited them one day. I said, I just want to look at these things. I just want to know a little bit about how uh, a vineyard, how these things happen. And, and so here's how, uh, here's how a vine and branches work. If this part that's coming out of the ground, we, we might call it a trunk, but it's actually the vine. And it's, it's the vine, and then they'll have a trellis going along the way or something, some kind of a structure for the branches to hang on. But it comes up as the vine, and that, that comes off of the top of it. It's called the head. This is the branches. Now, a skilled vine dresser will come along and start to, to, uh, uh, to manage that thing and so that over the years it will be doing exactly what it, that vine dresser wants it to do. And because he wants to produce not leaves and not vines or branches, he wants to produce fruit, he will carefully and skillfully manage that. Now, here's the interesting part. I was watching this. It, was, it wasn't like a, a Christian program. It was a, it was a, a, a vine dressing a YouTube video, and I watch these guys, and they take, and they put on rubber boots, and they're so careful not to bring impurity into the vineyard that they wash their, their boots in a sterilizer. They take all of their tools, and they sterilize those things because they don't want to bring any impurities, any disease into the, the, the vineyard. And so this vine dresser will come, and he will sterilize everything, and with purity and careful hands, he will go and start cutting. And here's, I'm going to just point out three branches that that vine dresser wants to cut away. And number one, we've already touched on it, that of damage. That of damage. That branch that has been damaged, that's been wounded, uh, it might produce leaves, but it won't produce fruit. And if it does produce fruit, that fruit won't make it to maturity. And so that vine dresser will come, and here's a broken branch. Here's one that's it's kind of gnarled, and, and, and something has happened along the way, and he'll carefully cut that thing away. I want you to know that if you've got areas in your life that you've been wounded, someone's done something to you, and your initial response is just to ignore it and it'll go away, can I just uh, encourage you with this? No, it won't. No, it won't. No, in fact, it will suck life from every aspect of your life. And so you need to go to the Father with this, this branch of your life and say, Lord, it really hurts. It really hurts. What was done to me, it, it wasn't right, and it really hurts. And, and Lord, would you, would you address that? And do you know he's known as the great physician? Amen. He, he, he's the one who can come in, and if there's a hurt that he needs to heal, he will. And if there's a void that he needs to fill, he will. And he'll come along into our life, and, and he, he, he's known as the great physician because he, he's great in how he does it, but he's also a good God, and that he handles us with care. But, but maybe say, well... It's not an area of which I've been wounded, but it is an area of which I am shamed. Adam and Eve ran and they hid themselves and they covered themselves because of shame, because they did. It's not what was done to them, it's what they did. And maybe that's, maybe that's your life. You have a, a branch of your life in which, man, there was a time and a season in which I did a lot of shameful stuff. And I can testify. And, 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 and now you just don't want to bring it up. You just don't want to mention it. You just don't. But I can tell you what. That test that you went through can now be your testimony. That mess that was part of your life can now be your message. But it, does, it has to first be placed in the hands of the vine dresser. Say, Lord, would you, would you deal with this? And so there's those areas, those branches that, because they're damaged, they will never bring fruit to maturity. And the skilled vine dresser says, we need to cut that away. Now, what looks like chaos when the vine dresser begins to, to work the vineyard. There's just branches everywhere. 
There's just stuff everywhere. It, it looks like a slaughter has taken place. And sometimes our life feels kind of chaotic like that. Is Lord, what you're doing is just a mess. It just feels like a mess that I'm going through. I came back to you hoping that you would straighten things out. And he says, I am. I am. I, I'm, I'm straightening things out, but you've got to trust me with it. You gotta trust me. Oh, it's gonna look a little messy for a little bit, but that's all right. I, I didn't come to, 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 to bring leaves into your life. You're the one that's trying to cover over with the leaves. I wanna bring some fruit into your life. So one branch that they, the vine dresser wants to remove is that area of damage. Another one, this is interesting, a, a, a vine, as it comes up, it can produce a bunch of branches, a bunch of branches. But the vine dresser says we don't, we don't need a bunch of branches. We're not looking as much as how many branches we can grow. And they will trim those things back to three to five branches. I'm thinking, man, let that baby grow as many as it wants. I like grapes. <laughs> and it's, no, we, we need to trim it down to three to five branches. We have, a, we have a little motto in our staff, and it's this. God can do a lot of things. I'm, I'm sorry. You can do a lot of things good, but only a few things great. What you think on that? You can do a lot of things good, but only a few things great. And child of God, he deserves greatness. But the greatest enemy of the great is the good. And you can have so many good things going on in your life. Oh, this is good. I need to be a part of that. And, and, and this is a good thing. And I need to be a part of that. And this is really good. And I should be a part of that. And, and you got so many branches come out of your life that there's not just much fruit anywhere. That's not just much fruit anywhere. Oh, there's a little here, a little there, a little there. But he, I, I, he wants some, some fruitfulness. And, and don't you know that if Satan can't get in front of you and stop you, he'll get behind you and push you. And so accelerate your life that you're spinning out of control with busyness everywhere and there's no fruit anywhere. Amen? And so that vine dresser will come along and say, oh, we just need three or five branches. And we need to find those branches that are in line with the trellis. We need to find, so he's going to come along and snip, if you'll let him, snip away those areas in your life that don't line up with the Father's will. Those areas in your life, oh, they're good. Man, they look good. They look, they look good. I bet that thing will produce some fruit. Yeah, but there's no structure to hold it up. There's no structure to hold it up. Now, now we can get into debate over this, but I don't debate. Uh, when we get into this passage of Scripture, I'm looking, I'm thinking, because I've done this, I've worked, this was an awesome opportunity for us. We worked in Nazareth Village, a first century village in the city of Nazareth, and Caleb and I got to play the vine dressers. And we're there in that village, and we're working in the garden, and, and, and we're seeing all this live and in person. Unfortunately, they did not give us any tools. They said, you pick weeds. That's what I got to do. We, we pick weeds. But at least we got to see it with our own eyes. And, and, and there'll be this trellis, and it's a structure, and that structure brings support to the vines and the branches. And, and, and so if there is no structure upholding that branch, when it does produce fruit, that fruit will hang to the ground or it'll break off the branch, and it just won't ever come to maturity. Now, as you think about that, you might ask yourself, so what is the trellis? And and I have to say that I believe the church is the trellis. Oh, it's not the vine itself and it's not the branch itself, but it sure does give support. It gives support and it does allow others to have access. And, and, and so if you can get in alignment with the vision of a body of believers 
if you can get in alignment with the will of the Father, because the Father, he's got one, one plan, and that's plan A, and that is the church. That is the church. Disagree with me if you won't. Show me in scriptures where it's different. And he has a plan for his gospel to go forth through the church. Now, I don't mean uh, individual congregations nearly as much as I mean the body of believers. And yet, in an individual congregation, there'll be support. You weren't meant to do this alone, were you? No, in fact, if you start to produce fruit, all of a sudden it begins to get, get heavy if you do this long enough. And, and I have been doing this a while, and, and I have done this alone a little bit. Or at least I felt like I was. I didn't have people around me that I felt like were, were supporting and holding me up. And, and man, I'm going to tell you, it gets heavy. But guess what? God didn't intend on you to do this alone. And, but there are areas in our life, and they, they, may, not, they may not line up. And, and it might be good, and, and it's, a, and it's a, good, uh, a good work that you're involved in, but it's not a God work that you're involved in. And he said, would you let me cut that away so you can be more fruitful over there? Would you let me remove that from you? Because all it's doing is sucking life from every other thing that I want to do in your life. So he comes along and he's like, snip. It's like, oh, I really didn't need that after all, did I, Lord? He's like, no, I'm trying to produce greatness. And so he comes along in those areas that don't, oh, it might be good. It might be doing all right for a season. But he says, if it doesn't line up with my will, I want to remove that. So those things that do line up with my will will produce more fruit and better fruit. Amen. Now there's a third area, a third branch that... Uh, he wants to cut away. As a vine dresser, a very skilled man will come along and he starts trimming the branches. One of the branches that he likes to trim away is the old branch. This thing could have produced fruit like crazy the year before, but it was last year's branch. And last year's branch isn't meant to produce fruit this year. And so if you're holding on to something just because it did something great in the past, does not mean for God to, that does not mean that God wants you to hold on to it forever. It, it, it was fruitful then. Well, it must continue to be fruitful forever. And we keep trying to prop that thing up and tie that thing up. And, and I got so much good memories on that branch. Surely it's God. And God says, if you'll let me take away that thing, I'll do something new. So he's the God of the new. Amen. Amen. He's the God of the new. He doesn't just refurbish. He doesn't refurbish. He don't, he don't, he don't prop up old vines and shine up those new leaves. And, 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 and No, he says, let me take that. I want to do something new. We have a verse that's kind of our verse at Sand Springs. It says, it's in Isaiah. It says, do not hold to the former things, for I'm doing a new thing. Amen? He's a God of new things. And I love it. If you just take your concordance in the back of your Bible and just look up the word new and just study all of those scriptures, it's awesome. It's a good study. God says, I want to take away the stony heart out of you and put a new heart in you. I want to do a new thing in you. And, and, and he spoke of the new thing that he's doing. And by the way, we're in on it. Amen? Yeah. We're, on the, we're in on the new thing that he's doing. And then in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, those who are in Christ Jesus, they are what? New creation. Amen? And then we get to the book of Revelation as we're, as we're looking through uh, the scriptures and he says there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And then he, Jesus himself says, behold, I make all things new. Amen. My, my mama, she likes to refurbish furniture. I hate it. 
I grew up in all that business, and she, she'd go find this junk. She loves it. I mean, there's something said, to be said of it. She, she'd find this old stuff, and, 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 and she, would, she would just kind of strip that paint off, and she would refurbish it. It's still old furniture. <laughs> it's still old furniture. Uh, I, I used to train horses, and, and somebody, the worst thing that I could possibly get is somebody bring me one that's supposedly already been trained. And now i got to unlearn it. Everything that they learned it, and I got to relearn it. I just bring me a new horse, <laughs> bring me something new. Caleb, my oldest, when he was little, because my mama is in that kind of a business, she would she would bring him toys all the time, but nothing was new, and it was it was all garage sale toys. And, and I remember when he was finally able to understand, he was able to talk, and I, his birthday is right at Christmas, and I, I don't remember what the event was, but we were having. Uh, something, and, and he had presents, and, and he opened up the present, whatever it was, and he said, oh, is it new? <laughs> is, is it new? <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, God wants to do something in you, and it'll be new. Amen. He don't just refurbish. He don't just, just strip and polish. And, and No, he wants to do something new. But if you're still trying to hold on to the, new, the old and say, oh, it did something in the past, surely, Surely it'll do something again. We're told that those old branches, went; they'll produce leaves like nobody's business. Man, they produce leaves, and they even produce fruit. But that fruit will be small, and it will not make it to maturity. And we'll try and prop up stuff in our life because it worked in the past, and we'll try and prop it up and polish it up and say, oh, surely, oh, look, it's got fruit on it. It's got fruit on it. Look, it's going to make it. Oh, look at that. Don't that look shiny and good and fruitful? But it will never make it to maturity. In fact, those other branches that he wants to bring life in, and he's using for God's glory, for your good, he's bringing fruit through, that bad branch is sucking life from those good ones. Whatever it is, whether it's the wounded branch, whether it's the one that doesn't line up with his wheel, or whether it be that old branch, it's sucking life from the ones that he's wanting to use to produce fruit. If you look again, John chapter 15, and I'm just gonna read them again. I'm the true vine, Jesus said. My father's the vine, vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Amen? I love verse three. You're already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. By the way, he's speaking to Christians. He's speaking to, to believers. If, if you're here and you're not a child of God, that, don't, that verse don't apply to you. It don't apply to you. So don't leave here encouraged because we had a, a fun and encouraging message or maybe somebody said something that would encourage you and you leave here with a false sense of hope underneath the judgment of God because you've never called upon the name of the Lord. He's talking about those who have called upon the name of the Lord, and I love what he says, you're already clean. Yep. Amen? Christian, I don't do this. I don't preach guilt to the child of God. I'm a grace preacher, not a guilt preacher. And I've said this here recently, but this is important to understand. When we are constantly told, you're dirty, you're dirty, you're dirty, you're dirty. See, here's the, here's the argument that some would say is that Someone who preaches grace all the time, uh, those who hear that, they don't mind going on and sinning because they're under grace. That's a lie. That ain't true. That's, it is, that's not how this works. 
Here's how it works. I have a suit at the house, and it's a $1,000 suit. I'm going to tell you, I'd be looking good in it, too. I'd be looking nice. So <laughs> I wear it twice a year, maybe. Uh, but it's, it's a $1,000 suit. I keep that thing under plastic, hanging in my closet. And that twice a year, maybe when I put it on, if I get my hands dirty, guess what? I immediately got to go wash my hands. But I also have some work clothes at the house. And these work clothes hang in my closet. They're torn up. They're nasty. If I get my hands dirty, I don't care. If someone's constantly telling you, you're dirty, you're dirty, you're dirty, you're dirty, you're like, I don't care. I don't care. Not worth anything anyway. Why does it matter if I get even dirtier? But if God himself and Jesus Christ comes along and says, you're clean. You're clean. Why are you going to those dirty places? You're clean. Why are you doing those dirty things? You're clean. Wash up, wash up, wash up. You don't know who you are. You're not acting like you are a child of God. You haven't been acting like you're saved. You are saved. You're clean. Amen. And you got some areas in your life that need to be cut away. But guess what? We have the Father who's the vine dresser, and he carefully comes along with tender hands, comes and cuts those areas out of your life that aren't producing fruit. Not only are they not producing fruit, they're sucking life from those areas that do. So isn't he a good God? That even driving down the highway, I can see that tree and I'm reminded. Nature is reminding me of the spiritual principles of God's word that under stress, all I want to do is cover up. And God says, come to me, the fountain of living water. I love Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. For his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Amen. It brings forth its fruit in its season. Its leaves also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Amen. We got a good God that wants to bring fruit into our life, not just leaves. He didn't plant you to grow leaves. He plants you to grow fruit. And here's what it says in chapter 15, verse 8. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Maybe you've got some areas in your life and, oh, there's some, there's some shame there. And you want to hide it, you want to cover it. Just like Adam and Eve, they want to hide and cover. God says, where are you? By the way, anytime God asks where you are, it's not because he needs to know. Because he needs you to know. Amen. He's an omniscient God. He knows everything. Adam and Eve, where are you? Oh, I'm hiding from you, God. He's like, I know where yet. <laughs> I need you to know that you're hiding from me. Why are you covering up? Well, we did something bad. Why are you running from me when you did something bad? When you should run to me. Remember, I'm a father. Maybe you've got some areas in your life and they're damaged. They're branches of your life, they're damaged. And you just think that it'll, go, it'll go away if you ignore it. It won't. It just sucks life from every other branch. Or maybe you got some areas in your life, oh, you're doing some good things. It's just not God things. It's not his thing that he wants you to do. And it doesn't, ride, it doesn't really line up with his will. Oh, it's, it can produce fruit. It just won't make it to maturity. Would you bring that to the Father and say, Lord, is this, is this really what you have for me? Or maybe there's those old branches. Man, they've worked in the past. They'll surely work again. He said, no, they won't. No, they won't. I'm the God of the new. I'm the God of the new. 
we, I love Psalm 51, and we'll, we'll close with this passage. He says, create in me a new heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Amen? I want God to constantly be bringing new out of my life. But to do that, he may have to cut away at the old. Are you willing to let go of it? Or do you have to hold on with all of your might? I know I can squeeze some fruit out of this one day. I mentioned this in the early service in that I have never walked by a garden and heard groaning. You hear those little tomato plants over there saying, mm-hmm. <laughs> my head probably looks like a tomato right now, but it's, <laughs> you can hear them things just trying to squeeze out a fruit, just, no, it's natural. It's natural. It happens on its own. It happens on its own. That little tomato branch, it just needs to stay connected. I'm going to tell you something. You don't have to do any work for God. You don't have to squeeze out anything new for God. You just need to stay connected. I'm going to close with this word. Activity is a lousy substitute for abiding. Think on it. I can just get real busy doing some God stuff. Activity is a lousy substitute for abiding. Jesus says in verse five, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If one abides in me and I in them, they will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's natural. Fruit will come out of your life if you spend much time in the presence of the Lord. It's natural. It's, it's, it's natural, but it's not automatic. It requires maintenance. It requires bringing those things in my life to the vine dresser. Lord, this is wounded. Would you heal it? Lord, this is, I think it's just busyness. Would, do you want to cut this away? Lord, this is, it has done good in the past, but is it still something that you're working through today? And just see what God, it, activity is a lousy substitute for abiding. We used to say something back in the day, Jesus is coming, look busy. <laughs> I don't know where that came, it's pretty funny, but I, I don't know where it came from. But uh, uh, Jesus is coming, look busy. But I want to tell you something, activity is a lousy substitute for abiding. You abide in the Lord and fruitfulness will flow out of it. Out of that abiding relationship, fruit will come. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you so much that you're the careful, loving, tender Father who comes to our life and says, oh, I want to bring something new and good and fruitful. You're going to have to let go of those things. Those things that are holding you back, those things that are sucking life from you, would you let me have that? Thank you, God, that when we abide in Christ Jesus, we don't have to think up, work up, dream up any new thing. It just flows naturally. It just flows naturally. And we thank you that it does. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want you to think real quick.
before we have our time of invitation. There are, there on our uh, little island in our kitchen, <laughs> I don't think it's there right now. I probably used it for an illustration and it left, but uh, <laughs> sermon illustration. There's a bowl with fake fruit <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, we used to have a bowl with fake fruit and uh, you know you can go by one of those factories and you can hear all kinds of groaning and grunting and the machines trying to spit out fake fruit you know it might look good but and it might last a long time <laughs> but nobody's getting any good out of it God doesn't want to do uh, hype in your life. He doesn't, he want, we, we call those things dead works. He wants to produce real fruit. You know where that's found? In his presence. Would you stand with me as we have a time of worship? We're not trying to manufacture anything here. We're just trying to encourage you towards intimacy with God. Do you hear me? We're not trying to get you to work up anything. We're just trying to draw each of us ourselves, draw close to the Lord. And in that place of intimacy, fruitfulness flows. Amen. Father, move, I pray, in amongst us today. Let us not trying to work up anything for you, but just work towards getting close to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing. By the way, as our prayer team comes forward, there's any area that you need the Father to touch, physical, emotional, psychological, he's in the healing business. You come and get our team to pray with you. Maybe you just want to come to the altar and spend some time with the Father, abiding as we sing. Well, it's been an awesome day to be in the house of the Lord. Love getting to worship with you. It's been an awesome weekend. We got to join together with other churches, denominations, uh, every background and culture uh, this, this Friday night. We, we got to worship for all night long. And it was awesome. But guess what? We get to do it again tonight. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we have even better. Tonight's going to be fun. We have Love Thy Neighbor. And if you're not familiar with Love Thy Neighbor, it was intentionally started several years ago to, to branch churches together crossing denominational lines, racial lines, generational lines. And we were doing that tonight. And it's going to be for the first time ever at the United Methodist Church. Amen. The Lord's doing a new thing. Remember what I told you? He's doing a new thing. And for the first time to preach and love thy neighbor and friend, Pastor Leonard Jackson. And I have been told this brother can bring down heaven. So tonight at 6 o'clock, love thy neighbor. It's going to be awesome. And then if we haven't got to visit with you yet, Come see us in the welcome room. We got a little welcome gift for you. God bless you. Have an amazing day.